Can you be guilty of a sin if you've already been forgiven of that sin? No. Not unless you commit that sin again. So then why do we continually confess sins that, we're, uh, that we've already received forgiveness for? Why do I still feel guilty or feel like my sins have not been forgiven? Sometimes we can be weighed down by our past sins so much that we later struggle with feelings of guilt and despair. You may ask yourself, if I've asked for forgiveness, why do I still feel guilty? Hello, and welcome to the Portland General Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. My name is Rory Anderson, and today I'll be preaching a message called Forgiveness and God's Word. Uh, our passage, or our verse, really, it's just a single verse uh, today, is, is going to be in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. It's 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. I typically preach out of and read out of and study out of the New King James Version of the Bible. And it says, 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful, or God is faithful and just, to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Uh, I also like to, in my study, uh, look at some other versions, other translations, uh, in English, of course, of, of the Bible. And the ESV, the English Standard Version, says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The CSB, the Christian Standard Bible, says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The King James Version says, uh, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Uh, for, for some of you weirdos who still read out of the Geneva Bible, uh, it says, If we acknowledge our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Are you getting it yet? Uh, if you're even uh, halfway familiar with me, you know that I'm very repetitive. I'm kind of like a broken record. There is a reason why we have to go over this verse numerous times this morning before we actually get into the sermon. 1 John is a letter uh, written by the Apostle John, as uh, church tradition teaches, and uh, it was written to the church. It was written to people who are saved. It was written to other believers, and uh, he is addressing them and them alone. Uh, <clears throat> and so, so church, this morning as we go through, as we go through 1 John 1.9, again, I've repeated it for you. I want this to stick in your head. As we go through this, uh, you're my primary addressee. Much of this sermon is actually going to be a series of questions. Uh, they're going to be addressed to you individually, uh, so you should answer them as such. This is going to be a little bit different uh, than what you're probably used to, but it is my hope that uh, you will find a renewed assurance in your salvation and forgiveness through Christ as we dissect 1 John 1.9 in this series of questions. It is also my hope that you find a renewed trust not in yourself, but in the Word of God as a whole as we explore these questions and get to the heart of this message. Do we serve a God who hates sin? Do we serve a God who is merciful to sinners? Does God forgive sins when we confess them and ask forgiveness of them? I want you to think of a specific sin that you've committed. It doesn't matter how impactful it's been on your life. I just want you to think of that one sin. Have you confessed that sin to the Father? Have you asked for forgiveness of that sin? If the answer to that last question, have you asked forgiveness of that sin, is yes, 
then why do some of us still feel as if we're not forgiven? Why do you still feel that sin weighs so heavily, that that sin specifically weighs so heavily on your soul? Why does it feel like you're just going to have to live with it for the rest of your life? Do you still feel guilty of that sin? Do you still feel like the guilt that you're carrying for that sin is God's punishment for you? Do you feel that God has not really forgiven you even though you've confessed your sin and asked for forgiveness? What does the Bible say about confessed sins? And that's, that's really the question you should ask about anything. What, is, what does the Bible say about it? What does the Bible say about confessed sins? What does it say about receiving forgiveness for your confessed sins? So in that passage, in 1 John 1, 9, that English word confess is actually translated from a Greek word called homologeo. Okay, homologeo, uh, depending on how you put the emphasis. And that homologeo just means to say the same thing or agree with. So when you confess your sins to God, all you're doing is you're agreeing with Him. You're saying the same thing that God says about your sin. We are admitting that that action is sinful. And we are agreeing with God that we've sinned against Him. What is the Bible? It's God's Word. Is the Bible God's Word? I don't ask that question repetitiously to cause doubt, but... We should examine ourselves. We should examine what we think and what we believe. Is the Bible God's word? Yes. Is God a liar? No. Therefore, if God is not a liar, and he is true, then his word, which is the Bible, must be true. If the Bible is true, and God has indeed forgiven us of our sins and cleansed us of that unrighteousness then why do we still behave? Why do we still think? And why do we still feel as if that's not true? There are two things that I want to make very clear to you today. And the first of those two things is that your feelings, your emotions are never 100% accurate. The second point is that there is a difference between being guilty, and feeling guilty. So let me prove and expand on my first point. Your feelings are never 100% accurate. Have you, have you ever been angry and not actually had a reason to be angry? Have you ever been sad and not had a reason to be sad? Have you been happy and not had a reason to be happy? What about anxious? You ever, you ever been anxious but not really had any reason to be anxious? You just, you feel anxious, your skin starts to crawl, your blood starts to course through your veins, your heart races, but there's, there's literally no reason for it. But that's how you feel, right? If you answered yes to any of those questions, you've already proven to yourself that your feelings and emotions are never 100% accurate. They can be pretty spot on, no doubt. And, and they can be wonderfully supplemental to our lives. But they're never 100%. If God's word is true, and it is without error, 
then we can say his word is 100% accurate. And we've already agreed, or at least I've already proven to you that our feelings are not 100% accurate. So why then do we rely on our feelings to instruct us to behave rather than God's word? Do you see the difference there? God's word is 100% true. Our feelings are not 100% accurate. And yet we always, or at least we tend to, rely on our feelings rather than what God's word says. Surely, we would want the most accurate examination. If you were being tested for a disease, you would want the most accurate test available, right? It doesn't matter what the diagnosis is. It doesn't really matter what you're being tested for. You just need to know that the test accurately describes your condition so that the doctor can rightly diagnose you. So I've proven my first point, that your feelings are never 100% accurate. My second point, there is a difference between being guilty and feeling guilty. If your feelings are not 100% accurate, then you cannot rely on them as a reliable test of your condition. The most obvious example to me is, is, the, is the murderer or the, the serial killer specifically. He's guilty of murder, but rarely do they feel any sort of guilt or remorse for their actions. You can be guilty of something and not feel guilty of it. Conversely, you can feel guilty without actually being guilty. I know someone personally related to me that struggles with this. I feel guilty, but they're not actually guilty. You may be that person. You may actually know somebody that's like that. So I want to return to one of our previous questions. Do you feel like God has not really forgiven you even though you've confessed your sin? Remember, you have agreed with him. You have said the same thing as him. You have confessed that sin to God and asked for forgiveness, but you don't really feel forgiven? What did we prove about our feelings? They're not 100% accurate. What is 100% accurate? God's word. I hope you're following. What does God's word say about confessed sins? It says that he is faithful and just to forgive you of those sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So what do you believe? This is not for you to answer me and prove to me your beliefs. Because I'm not God. I'm not the higher authority here. What do you believe? We should examine ourselves. Do you believe your feelings or do you believe the word of God? Can you be guilty of a sin if you've already been forgiven of that sin? No. Not unless you commit that sin again. So then why do we continually confess sins that, we're, that we've already received forgiveness for? Why do I still feel guilty or feel like my sins have not been forgiven? I'd like to suggest, biblically speaking, that our emotions are tainted very heavily by the fall of Adam and by the, by the entrance of sin into creation. And that just like the rest of our souls, just like every other square inch of our bodies, the effects of sin have marred even how we feel about things. In addition to having broken and busted emotions, the church 
is constantly under attack by the enemy to cause doubt and confusion about our salvation. Does God not say he is faithful and just to forgive you? Does God go back on his word? Is your sin too sinful for God to forgive? Is God unable to forgive you? See, Paul says, the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, he says, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You may be asking, well, well okay, so, so, so why do I still feel guilty or feel like my sins have not uh, been forgiven? What does the Bible say? about who can forgive your sins. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. I want to point out that phrase. God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Note that Scripture nowhere says that anybody else is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Only God is faithful and just. So why do I want to point out this phrase? First, I wanted to point out this passage to you in general. I wanted to point out when we need forgiveness, we confess our sins. But I also want to point out that God and God alone is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Why? Because many times when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to sinning, we act as if we are God. We, we routinely point out other people's sins. It's in our nature. It's in our sinful nature. We like to point out the speck in somebody else's eye while never dealing with the plank in our own. We see someone else's sin and we try to withhold forgiveness from them. It's kind of bizarre. We, we are the church and we believe that God and God alone can forgive sins. And yet, we still somehow and for some reason try to say, well, they haven't measured up to my standard of forgiveness. They say they've been forgiven, but, you know, they haven't really cleared it with me. As if our standard is higher than God's. We, say, we, look, we look at that person and we say, look what they've done. They aren't good enough to do that or this. They've lived in sin. Church, do we not believe in a God who forgives sins? Do we not believe that our brothers and sisters in the faith who once were lost in sin, Jesus took them in? Do we not believe that our brothers and sisters once were sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more? What comes next in that verse? But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry. He heard your despairing cry. And from the waters lifted me, now safe am I. He did that for me. He did that for you. It it is God and God alone who is just and righteous to forgive us. If a brother or sister has been forgiven by God for their sins, who are we to tell them that they haven't been? You might say, well, you know, I've just got a bad feeling about them. 
Did we not already prove that our feelings are not 100% accurate? If you agreed with me earlier, logically you should agree with me there. And not, not really to agree with me personally. It's just what the Bible says. Only God and His Word can be trusted. Only God's standards have we failed to meet. How dare we hold a forgiven brother or sister in contempt? If God says, and this should be a wonderful assurance for those of you who are struggling with your emotions, people who are struggling with your feelings about your forgiveness and your guilt. If God says you are forgiven, then you are forgiven whether you feel like it or not. There's a, there's a, a, um, a relatively popular bumper sticker people like to put on their cars, and it says, uh, um, it says uh, God says it, I believe it, that settles it. Your belief, <laughs> uh, this may be news to some people, but your belief has nothing to do with whether what God says is true or not. If God says it, that settles it. If God says you're forgiven, you're forgiven. When God says something, we should believe him. If God doesn't mean what he said, why didn't he say what he meant? Church, if you've confessed your sin to God, he is faithful and just to forgive you of that sin. The Apostle John later says in this letter, and uh, I believe uh, Brother Rich is actually going to teach on this um, shortly. All right, I, um, I, he's already mentioned it today. But he says, not Rich, John. <laughs> he says, these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you, may, that you may know that you have eternal life. What you know is nine times out of ten going to be different from what you feel. What you know is not always going to reflect how you feel, and what you feel is not always going to reflect what you know. But it is what we know that can provide that assurance for us. I want you to know today that if you struggle with feeling forgiven, that you've struggled with feeling guilty, even though you've already confessed sins, I want you to know today that when God's word says that you're forgiven, you are forgiven. Know today that you are forgiven and live like you know it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you uh, that you have been gracious to me to use me to convey your truth today. And I pray that it's been a, a pleasing word um, to you and to you alone, but I pray that it has also been um, instructive. I pray that it has been eye-opening for those who need it, and I pray that it has been edifying for the church as a whole, that we can, we can always remember that we were always, uh, until we came to salvation, we were literally in the same, in the same boat as anybody else, that we, were, that we were far from the peaceful shore. We were sinking to rise no more. But you lifted us out. You pulled us out of the depths of our sin, freed us from the bondage of death, sin, and the grave, I praise you for that, and I thank you for that. You know that, uh, you know the, the the thoughts and 
and things that have plagued me over the last several weeks. And you know that uh, it, it, nobody is immune to sin. Nobody is, is free from, from uh, doubt. Uh, or rather, nobody is immune to doubt. We are freed from sin. But uh, those things still creep into our minds. It still creeps into our hearts. And sometimes, sometimes even the strongest of people, even the, even the, uh, the tallest of saints, still fall. And still come under doubt, still come under sin sometimes. And I, I thank you that you're still so merciful to us, that, that you are patient with us, that you're long-suffering with us, and that you still want to lead us, that you still want to guide us. I praise you for that, and I thank you for that, and I ask that you continue to do those things, continue to be faithful uh, uh, towards us and, and, and to lead us uh, to righteousness. I would ask that, uh, that, uh, that, that you encourage the church that you use, not my words, but your words uh, through me to, to strengthen, to encourage, and, and to, uh, to, to edify your people. Not, uh, not necessarily that, that we would be better, but that we might be able, even able to take that message to somebody else, somebody that we know who needs it. It might not apply to, to me today. But I'm, I might need it later. You know when I'm going to need it. You know when this church is going to need it, when the individuals are going to need it. And I, I pray that you remind us that when that time comes, we know that we can rely on your word, that we can, we can rely on the truths of your word to provide, uh, to provide guidance for us and, and, and that, that we should not uh, primarily rely on our feelings. I thank you again for this day, and I, I thank you for who you are and that you've loved me just like you've loved anybody else um, to, and offered to pull us up out of our sin. It's in Christ's name that I pray this morning. Amen. We trust that God has blessed you with this message from His Word. Each week, these sermons are made available in video and audio formats. If you want to watch our weekly sermon and Sunday school videos, you can find them on our YouTube channel. Just subscribe to the channel and be sure to hit the notification bell so that you're notified when a new video is posted. For audio, you can subscribe to our podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. You can also find these audio recordings on our website free to download. Just visit www.portlandgbc.org. That's www.portlandgbc.org. .org. Until next time, stay safe and may God bless you.